practice I am. Well, how are you all? So cool to see you. I love you guys. Really missed you all. I don't know where that sits there. No, it doesn't. Uh, all right. Put it there. There you go. Oh, that's so bright. Can we just lower those pointy ones down a bit? Just dim those, those two? I, just, I can't see. I like to be able to see. Just a little bit down, love. Just don't listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's better. It's not as bad. Okay, so wake up. A lot of people are sleeping. A lot of people are sleeping. So this is wake up. <clears throat> you know, there is a worldwide spiritual battle going on right now for the nations. Absolutely. And New Zealand is not exempt at all. There's a clashing of kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And uh, we're in the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God. And uh, we need to, you know, actually I was thinking way back when um, Helen Clark was Prime Minister, I think, was that in the late 80s? It's probably before some of your time. But um, anyway, she said we live in a benign area of the world. And I thought immediately, that's not true. That is not true. You know, it was to, 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 to lull, us, lull us into a false sense of security, her saying that. And, that. and it gave her then the right to dismantle our Air Force and take, you know, remove all our fighter jets. They're all mothballed and then finally sold. And uh, so another country got them and we've got helicopters. Isn't that great? <laughs> but anyway... Uh, there is a continual and continues to be a major spiritual battle going on for this nation. And I'm fierce about this nation. God put me here for such a time as this. And he put you here for such a time as this. So there are demonic forces controlling those who are sitting in the highest places of authority. have to word very carefully. And they're desperately trying to take full control of New Zealand and to silence those who dare challenge them. So we are in very dangerous times. You might think, oh, it's all very peaceful. Um, there's always peace before the storm, and there's always things brewing underneath. So we are in dangerous times, but I would like to say we're in exciting times as well. And we need to be awake. We need to be ready to what God is doing and what he wants of you in, in this particular time. See, Satan wants to hijack what God wants to do. Does that annoy you there? I just thought I'd try my computer this time. Is that all right? Can you see me above it? <laughs> you can, just. Okay. Um, anyway, we, we, we are living in exciting times, but we really need to be awake and to what God is doing and what he wants from us. Um, Satan wants to hijack or at least delay what God is about to do. And what stands between darkness and those who are controlling, those who they are controlling, darkness is definitely controlling people high up. And uh, victory, they're controlling that and they, they want to, what's standing in the way of victory are those who are awake. So I just want to wake some of you. I know a lot of you in here are very much awake of what's happening. 
you need to wake up if you don't know. If you think everything is hunky-dory and rosy and, and good, you need to wake up because there are things brewing behind the scenes that you won't like and I don't like at all. And uh, God is needing those who will fight in the spirit to defeat Satan's plans. And what disturbs me is that so many Christians aren't tuned into God at all. It's as though they've turned off their spiritual antennae or receivers. And you've taken or they've taken to listening to the prophets of doom and fear on their television sets. The result is they're unprepared spiritually for these times and they are in their own little bubble. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. I told, I've told you before, I turned my television off long ago. When I started to hear things, I off. I'm not going to get, let myself be filled with that. I have to wait for others to tell me. I say, well, what level are we on now? <laughs> I have to ask uh, my family or some, I don't know what they watch, but I just, you know, say, well, what level are we on? Okay, two. Okay, what does that mean? Oh, mask still? I can't believe it. Really. Didn't, wasn't last year like this, was it? Or was it last year? Yes, it was last year, wasn't it? Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay, then. So the devil wants to keep us in a bubble, and other people want to keep us in a bubble, and they want us thinking small and weak, be scared, and be very, very scared. It's like a children's little story, isn't it? Be scared, be very, very scared. <laughs> this is their modus operandi. They're literally putting the fear of death on people. That's why I won't watch it. You know, I won't watch it. And one of the most remarkable stories in the Bible is the miraculous deliverance of the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Um, now, after being supernaturally protected throughout the ten plagues in Egypt, remember, they're all in Egypt, um, God struck judgment on that nation, ten plagues went through, and the Israelites were, were not harmed at all. You know, the livestock were killed, people's health was affected, uh, their firstborn were killed. And finally, Pharaoh relented and let the Israelites depart from Egypt. Now, the night before they left Egypt, God had told them and told the Israelites, I want you to take a lamb, an unblemished lamb, and to kill it, mark the blood on the doorpost because the angel of death is going to pass over, and when he sees that blood, he cannot touch your family. This is why I'm so um, strong about communion, because it's like you're putting the blood of the doorposts, a blood on your doorposts of your house, to protect you from harm and from, from evil. The communion is, is a powerful thing to do. It's spiritually powerful. It's not just, oh, ho-hum, let's do communion. It's a, sp it's a spiritual act. That's what it is. You're doing a spiritual act before heaven and hell so that they can see it and they know they're marked by the blood of Jesus Christ. So anyway, um, they, so as I say, they, they, the Israelites, they marked their home and the angel of death went over all of Egypt and the firstborn of every household except those of the Israelites marked with the blood their firstborn was, was safe. And uh, finally, Pharaoh relented and let them go. And it says 
that when they left, there was not one feeble or sick among them. Now you tell me, we're talking about, what, three million, four million people? Not one sick among them. Is that a miracle or is that not a miracle? That's a miracle. That's how powerful the blood is, the blood of Jesus Christ is. And uh, anyway, also, he, God had always told them to go into, he told Moses to tell them to go to your neighbours and your Egyptian neighbours and ask for silver and gold and, you know, whatever else. Amazing, really. I don't know whether I'd have the nerve to do that. <laughs> Go and say, excuse me, can I want your silver and I want your gold. <laughs> anyway, this is what they did. And they, it says they plundered the Egyptians. They took the wealth with them. So God, through Moses, led them out of Egypt the long way and the difficult way. And it says in Exodus 13, 17, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So sometimes the Lord leads us in ways that seem difficult and hard for a purpose. Absolutely for a purpose. Remember, God always sees the end from the beginning. So don't be confused by that. He knows what is best for us, totally. And many times we make a decision because it looks easy. And so we think it must be God just all falling in my lap. But it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes the more difficult way is the way of the Lord. So just because you're going through a difficult time doesn't mean you're missing God at all. It says, in, and then goes on to say in verse 18, So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. I like that, orderly ranks. And God is calling the body of Christ to order to be united in our purpose, to be prepared to fight for our freedoms, religious freedom, to push back darkness. This is the good fight of faith. We're fighting a good fight of faith for justice, for righteousness, and for truth in this nation. Exodus 13, 21, it says, And God led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. See, God will supernaturally give us guidance when we ask for it, every time. Anyway, so then, so they're on their way, and then God does the strangest thing. He tells Moses to have them change direction and to camp by the sea in a particular place. Now, strategically, this looks like a recipe for disaster. They're surrounded by mountains and the sea and the place where they came through you would think that's a bad place to camp. Well, God knew Pharaoh would hear about this and God knew what Pharaoh would do. He said, he warned them, he said, he said, what's going to happen? They are bewildered by the... This is what the Egyptians would say about them, God said, and this is what they did say. They are bewildered by the land and the wilderness has closed them in. In other words, Pharaoh was saying, they're easy meat. We're going to get them. This is easy. And uh, in Exodus 14, verse 4, God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so they will pursue them and I will gain honour over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am God. You know, that, um, the ten plagues were, were an attack on ten gods that they worshipped. 
this was like the final attack because they were camped, and I just learnt this more recently, by a place called something Baal. And it's something to do with, a, with Baal. That was the last god that God was going to deal to, their, their last god. So God wants the, he wants the army to come after them. He wants to show off his power. You know, the Egyptian, the Egyptian armies, they were the most powerful at the time, at that time in the world, in that civilised world. And so now the Israelites, they see this massive cloud coming and they know it's the army. And uh, they cry out to God and to Moses saying, it would have been better if we'd been left as slaves in Egypt. Big babies. No. <laughs> you know, how many of us do that? Oh, God, why did you allow this to happen? I was better off before I was even a Christian. No, you weren't. You were headed for hell. <laughs> it's not been better. You know, sometimes Satan will come and just try and prove us. Okay, then. Now, Moses tells them in chapter 14, verse 13, do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you this day. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Wrong. They were wrong instructions. In verse 15, the Lord says to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Not stand still, but go forward. So God is about to bring a miraculous deliverance for New Zealand from darkness, from Satan's plans, and from this whole virus thing, the jabs, the shutdowns, and, for the na- <laughs> and also this for the whole nations of the world. God is doing something marvellous. See, too many believers are not listening to God or they still think he will sort things out while they do nothing. It won't happen. If you are passively accepting the enemy's plans, you will be defeated. If New Zealand passively accepts the devil's plans, we will be defeated. We need to wake up and we need to do something by faith and then God will move to help us. Amen? We need to be people of faith. That works in your own life your family's life, and in a nation, in, as citizens of New Zealand, people in this nation. So God said, go forward. So we have to hear that. We've got to step out in faith. God has given you weapons to fight the battle. Whatever battle you're facing, you have got the weapons to defeat Satan on every side. Don't rehearse what the enemy is doing. Rehearse who you are. You're a child of the Most High God. God is for you, not against you. He's given you weapons of your warfare, which are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And (laughs) turn turn it back on the devil, what he's doing. We have power over all the power of the enemy. By faith we receive promises of the promises of God and through prayer. So we need to wake up. Who are you? (laughs) You're a blood-bought child of God. That's who you are. Amen? You're a blood-bought child of the living God. You're a winner. You're an overcomer. You've got God on the inside of you, Christ on the inside of you. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Christ in you is greater than any devil that comes knocking at your door. Amen? 
Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm getting thirsty. This is making this is thirsty stuff. Okay, just gonna have a drink. Oh. Records every sound. <laughs> it's not so good, is it? Okay, so then, so here we've got the God saying to the Israelites, move forward. And they're thinking, hold on a minute. Can't you see we're trapped? We're trapped. You know, sometimes we feel trapped. And there's, he's, they're surrounded by these mountains. The sea, Red Sea's in front of them. What do you say, move forward? What do you mean, move forward? You know, somebody say, you know, what do you mean, God? It's too hard. Can't do it. Yes, you can. Have some guts. Have some guts. <laughs> Okay, we don't hear that too, too much these days, do we? Have guts? Do we? No? Oh, well, here you are. I'm teaching you younger ones some. Have some guts. <laughs> now, be strong, in other words. Okay, just, just do it. All righty. So Moses had to do something before God would move. He, it says in verse 16, God's speaking to him, but lift up your rod and stretch it your, out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Okay, thinks Moses, that could, that's, could work. Yeah, it could work. <laughs> I've, you know, I believe in miracles. Moses is the man who's of miracles. And, uh, and then God says in verse 17, I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. Think, oh, no, I thought this was it. We're just going to escape. Now we're going to be chased. Anyway, when will this end? You know, somebody said, when will this ever end? You watch you're going through. It will end. It will come. It, it will end. Just tr- keep trusting God. So they just feel like it might be getting worse now. They're thinking, oh, we're really going to die. And we're going to be so overwhelmed. And uh, anyway, sometimes it always looks worse before it gets better. So don't be discouraged. If things look worse, things will get better for you. So what is God doing? He's setting up Satan. That's what he's doing. And I believe he's setting up Satan for a big fall in this nation. So if your heart is for God and you engage your faith in his promises and use your weapons, your victory is assured. So at the same time, when, God, when Moses told them all about this, at the same time, <clears throat> the angel of God who had been going before them and then um, he moved behind them because now they had seen the armies, they were really close. But God again intervenes. And so the angel who went before the Israelites went behind them and the cloud that went before the, for them, that led them by day, went behind them. And God separated them. So there's no way that the, uh, the, the um, Egyptians could come and cre- creep up on them in the night. God made sure of that. And so for the camp of Israel, it was light. But for the Egyptians, it says that they were in darkness. So they could not see. They couldn't see. Even their torches wouldn't work. It's, when God makes it dark, it's dark. So, my, you know the story. Moses stretched out his rod, and the Lord caused a strong east wind to blow all night. And it wasn't just the wind doing all the work. <laughs> a supernatural thing was happening there. And uh, they made a, it made a way through the dry land. And so Israel went through, and then the 
Egyptians pursued. Now, God is about to show the Egyptians just who is the one true God. If they didn't get it after all those ten times, they were warned, they were warned, they were warned. God gave them ten strong warnings. God always will show himself strong on behalf of his kids as well. He was going to show, I am strong on behalf of my children. He will show himself strong on your behalf. So here we've got the, the Egyptian army that are pursuing on the dry ground in this, and, and the waves have congealed, it says, so that, uh, whether they froze, but whatever they did, they weren't dripping, they just congealed up, and they went, the, the, it's amazing, because you think of the sea, and when you empty it, <coughs> the ground was dry, and that doesn't normally happen, does it? It was such a, a supernatural thing God was doing. And so the Egyptian army is now pursuing them on that dry land between the divided Red Sea, and they believe they've got them. And then it says in verse 24 and 25 of that scripture, God troubled the army of the Egyptians. He sure did. And it says um, that their wheels came off. So I just believe the host of heaven were going, and all they, there was a, you know, this is the first pile up on a highway. Okay, car pile up. <laughs> all the chariots went, <laughs> and they're all banging into each other. This is the whole army. This is not just ten little chariots. Hundreds and hundreds of chariots were chasing them. And all their wheels came off. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> all the wheels came off. Everyone fell out. And then God said to Moses, raise your staff again. And the water closed in on them. And that was the end of the Egyptian army. <laughs> yeah. Which was good news for the Israelites. And, you know, um, archaeologists have actually found and dug up wheels, chariot wheels, under the Red Sea. So it's true. It's not a fairy tale. It's actually happened. And, you know, history shows that from that day to this, Egypt has never returned to those days of great wealth and power in the earth. Their armies were decimated, totally decimated. Okay, so... God is well able to destroy our enemies. He is well able to turn what the enemy has meant for harm for good and to destroy all his works. But it requires faith on our part. And it's time for the body of Christ to wake up to who you are and to whose side we are on. Stop siding with fear. Stop siding with the lies of the devil. We have authority over all the power of darkness you know, Jesus came to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to give hope to those who have no hope, joy to those who sorrow and are in sadness. See, God wants us, cow he wants us to stop kowtowing to Satan. Don't kowtow to those the enemy is using. There is a greater you in you. <laughs> You're greater than you think. You have the greater one living on the inside of you, but there is a greater you in you that you don't know about. And God wants you to show the greater you in you. There's a, there's a great person inside of you. God, God's plans for you are greater than your own plans for you. He plans for you all to change the world around you. Amen? And change this nation. 
and change further and beyond. So each one of us has been given a sphere of influence. God wants you to bring his world into this world, our world. He wants his kingdom to be released from within you to your family, to your neighbourhood, your workplace, and every area of influence in our nation. The church is not the kingdom, but we are the carriers of the keys of the kingdom. Okay? We carry the keys of the kingdom. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So we have the authority and the power of the kingdom of God backing us up. Whoever carries the keys and uses them will be used by God as an agent for change. Moses was an agent for change. Moses can be likened to a type of the church. It's said in Exodus 9.16, God speaking, but indeed for this purpose I've raised you up, that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. So we can say that about ourselves, for the church. For indeed, for this purpose he's raised us up, that we may show, that he may show his power in us, and that his name may be declared in all the earth. Amen. So Moses defeated the most powerful nation in the world at that time by yielding to the plans and purposes of God and to God's power. He delivered people out of slavery and was instrumental in the formation of Israel as a nation. This was a powerful time in God's timeline. So right now, we're in a very unique time on God's timeline. It is the kingdom age. It is the time for God's kingdom to be manifest in this earth. His will seem to be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Here in New Zealand, just as it is in heaven. And it's also time for the manifestation of his glory in the earth and the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. This is the great, a time of a great reset to God's original plan for mankind and, and restoration. It talks about Jesus held back until the times of restoration of all things. We're in that time. This is where we are. So we have a choice we can choose to manifest as a son and daughter of God on earth or not. But you're stupid if you say no. <laughs> See, it says in Romans 8, 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. The Passion Translation, I love this, listen to this. <clears throat> the entire universe waits with excitement. It's hanging on. It can't wait for this moment. It says the entire universe waits with excitement, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Amen. Hallelujah. We're in that time. And all of creation has been groaning for this time. And it's time we as God's children rise up as one and influence and change our nation and the world. God said to go into all the world. Not just talking of this physical earth, but all the saving of the world. It literally means going into all the world's systems and redeem by back nations. You know, this system, we've talked about this here before. <clears throat> so we're really called to shape and sculpture the nation we live in. <clears throat> and there are seven main areas, or mountains people call them, 
uh, in society that influence people's uh, belief systems. One, <coughs> let me say, go through them. First, family. And hasn't the devil been trying to ruin families? You know, with all many, countless ways. Religion, education, government, business, news media, entertainment and arts. Those are the seven mountains, if you like in society that influenced people's um, belief systems and how you believe. And did you know that Hitler himself, he took over the curriculum in schools because he knew the mind of a 10-year-old could be influenced to be a stormtrooper 10 years later. That's scary stuff. So there is a spiritual fight going on in education for the minds of our children, for our youth, to influence our schools, our colleges and our universities with wrong ideology, ideology, is that it? Ideology, idea, I thought it's something missing there, ideology, okay? <laughs> and uh, they've been, they send out confusing messages to the young people of all sorts of things. You know, of course there's no God, God doesn't appear in any of it at all. You know, just screwing people up in their thinking, teaching them there is no God and so forth, you know, but you could be, any sexual thing you want sort of thing, you know? Which is weird, isn't it? I always taught there were two people, male, female. But I think now we might be up to about, I don't know, 30, 80. We're up to 80 now. Well, there's eight variations, eight variations on you and me. Come on. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> These people have call themselves intellectual. I'd call them dumb. I don't know how they got their, de their degrees, or probably do know how. Yep, it is. It is corrupt. It doesn't stop at high school. It goes right through to university. But God's going to change all this. Yeah. This is a good thing. I can't wait. Imagine when we, you know, we, things change in, in, in education. <clears throat> this is why so many people are teaching their kids at home. Don't blame them. I'm glad I didn't have to do that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so <clears throat> when a born-again believer operates in God's power and his wisdom and his understanding and operates in God's anointing, which you all have, you have the anointing on the inside, and when we are living moral lives, people will be drawn to us because people are sick of all the other stuff. And um, you don't have to even shout, I'm a Christian. Because it'll be so obvious, because you you're not acting like those others, like so many others. We should be shining and standing out there, out there. So God needs godly people to take over those mountains of influence. You know, there are godly people who don't know Christ yet, but they have morals. So I don't want to say it's only the Christians. There are good moral people who haven't yet met Jesus Christ. But... Um, so let me say, how did Daniel influence Babylon? You know, that was one of the most wicked cities of that time. Wicked, wicked, wicked. We think it's wicked enough here, but that was, real, that, that was really wicked. Well, it was out there. We're probably just as wicked underground, underneath, well, hidden away. But um, anyway, Daniel 6.3 says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above all the governors and satraps, that traps, it's always a funny word, that one, 
because an excellent spirit was in him, an excellent spirit. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. You know, he was a strong believer in God, and he was unashamed of it. But even the king, he thought to set him up over the whole realm because of this spirit, an excellent spirit in him. He was a moral, just, and devout man of God. And he rose up to a place of preeminence in Babylon because of that excellent spirit. He literally influenced government. So we need people like that getting in there, influencing people in, in these places. You know, the word for excellent is the word gatea, gatea, G-A-T-E-A. Literally, it means the mountain top that juts above all the others. And the anointing will take you above other people. You have an anointing which abides on the inside of you, you know, which the unbeliever doesn't have. And it will, it will take you to, to higher positions. You may have the same qualifications as others, but the edge you have is the anointing. So an interesting thing in the Latin, in Latin for mediocre, is literally halfway up the mountain. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So you're either halfway up the mountain or on the top. <laughs> I'm on top, aren't you? Yes, of course you are. So God wants his sons and daughters at the top of the mountains of influence in this nation. So you've got some work to do, guys. You young ones, you young ones, top of the mountain, wherever God's going to put you, you get to the top of the mountain and you bring righteousness and justice and truth to this nation. <coughs> so we have to change the atmosphere. And I always say start in the home. If you can't change the atmosphere in your home, then you're not going to change it at work. It, will, it has to start in the home. You need an atmosphere of peace, not strife, of unity, of fun, love, kindness and creativity. That's what should be in your homes. If that's missing, make a decision to create an atmosphere of heaven in your home. It has to start with someone. And when you have that right, got that correct, then you can change the atmosphere where you work and, and you'll carry that atmosphere with you. Hallelujah. So I'll just quickly finish. We are meant to be people or a place for defining godly character. That's what the church is about, to define godly character. Training people in the word of God to use their weapons of warfare against the enemy, to help other people to discover and pursue God's purposes for their lives and to pray for them and, and help them and get them in proper place. This is how we go into all the world. It's not just going up, oh, are you saved, are you saved? That's not what it is. You go in and change the culture of our nation. You change it. And on the way up, you'll find opportunities that God will give you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are in the world, but we're not of it. We're not of darkness. We're not of any of the darkness that has been controlling the seven mountains of influence. We're not. But we are God's sons and daughters. We're going to push back darkness and usher in God's will and purposes for this nation. Yes. So we have the keys to unlock these gates. We are powerful on the inside. Let's use it for good. Be great where God has you and he will take you further. We have supernatural power and authority the world doesn't have. So we've got to use it for righteousness, justice and truth. Fight in prayer and intercession. Fight for New Zealand so this nation is worthy to be Christ's inheritance and his possession. Do you know the Bible says that? 
he, God, he said, I give you the nations to Jesus for your inheritance. And as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, an heir of God, it's also our inheritance. Amen? But he also said, and the furthest parts, which is New Zealand, as your possession. This is his nation to possess. So I tell the devil, get your hands off this nation. This nation belongs to Jesus Christ. I forbid you operating in this nation. I tell you what, I'm loud when I pray. I, I am loud, so I, just as well I live alone. <laughs> and, uh, and it's good because I'm sort of separated from neighbours. So, you know, I can yell and I can, I can do... <laughs> I can carry on, and, uh, but we need to because, man, this nation belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want, when he comes, to find a nation worthy of his name. Don't you? I don't want it to be covered in sin and, and, and gross things going on. I don't want being controlled with people who do not love the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've got to fight for this, na- this nation. And a lot in here, I know, we've been interceding interceding for this nation, up in the middle of the night this week. <laughs> Set it for three o'clock, got up. <laughs> you know, things are going on at night when well, we don't always know about. But things are being released. Bad things are being released. And we're stopping it. We stop it. So you, you need to start interceding for this nation because God put you here for such a time as this. You're here for a reason. It wasn't a mistake that you're here. You, God has a reason for you being here. And we are fighting for our nation. We are taking authority in this nation. And you need to be praying. Breaking the power of darkness over all those 12 spheres. Government, break it off that. Break it off, off the news media. Lies. You know, you shred their lies and deceit. Everything that's going on. I'm going to get in trouble. So I just want to say it's time for the church to turn its face towards the na- to God for the nations. And we're here by divine destiny. And we need righteousness to rule this nation. Righteousness in government. So I just want to finish with this. There has been a spiritual fog lying over people for a long time. And this is the spirit of witchcraft and an antichrist spirit. That's They're sent for one purpose, to dull our spiritual senses, to discourage and weaken and silence the body of Christ. Don't let them silence you. They they want to stop God's glory being seen in our lives and in the church and in the nation. They want to keep us bogged down, distracted. So it's time to wake up. That's why I call it a wake up. Wake up (laughs) and stand up and be counted. I'm standing up. I tell God, this is my nation. I'm here and I'm going to fight for it. I'm fighting for justice, for righteousness and for truth in this land. Good. Gladly likes it. (laughs) So there's a price for us to pay as we enter into these days of his glory covering this earth the glorious church. So we need to listen. Listen to God. Turn the news off. Listen to what God is saying. 
I don't want to hear what the enemy's agenda is for this nation. I want God's agenda for this nation. So I just encourage you. In case, I mean, I used to be religiously sitting in front of the TV at 6 o'clock for the news. That's what we used to do. Until things, then I woke up. I was like, what, am I, what is this I'm listening to? A lot of this is not true. So I don't want to be filled with lies. I want to, I want to, um, I want to be filled with truth. How can we be powerful Christians if we're believing lies? We need to dig up the truth, find the truth, and then follow the truth. Amen? So, Father, we just, I thank you for the people here. Father, thank you, Lord, that we've been able to come together today. What a privilege, what an honour. We love it, Father. And I just ask you to bless this whole congregation, Father. Bless each and every one who took time out to come today to worship you and to sit under your word, Father. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you that, that all of those here, Father God, that your spirit and your anointing be upon them in a great way. Father, anything that's in their soul that's not of you, it be loosed from their soul in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Father, they become focused. They can hear your voice. They listen to your voice of your spirit. They can hear what you're saying, Father God. They have ears to hear and hearts to receive what you want to say to them. And Father, I thank you for that they can become powerful, that they will rise up on the inside. And Father, that they will receive great promotions, Father, that can bring change wherever they are, that they will receive promotions, Father. And Father, they can change wherever they are, they can change the atmosphere around them. So Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this nation, Father. We claim it for the Lord Jesus Christ. We claim New Zealand for righteousness, justice, and for truth, that the spirits of righteousness, justice, and truth are released over our whole nation and the fire of God over this nation and the mercies and the goodness of God in Jesus' name. And I decree and declare, New Zealand, wake up! New Zealand, wake up! New Zealand, wake up to the truth! Do not be blinded. Father, I just think that the, the host even go out and pull off the blindness of people's eyes and, and over their hearts. The darkness lying on their hearts. The host will go sweep through our nation and you would take off the darkness and the blindness and the blinders over their eyes and over their ears, unplug their ears so they can hear the truth in the mighty name of Jesus. Because we as a church, we stand for this nation, we stand for righteousness and we stand for truth. Father, you have your way in New Zealand in the mighty name of Jesus and you bring judgment upon those who will not bow their knee to you, who will not listen to you, Father, who are opposed to you, opposed to all that is right and good and lovely, Father God. So, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for your mercy and we thank you, Lord, the glory of God will come and cover our land. And we thank you there's a massive awakening, a massive awakening in this nation. New Zealand, you wake up to truth, to justice, and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Woohoo! Take care.